the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Hour two coming at y'all tonight. And uh, 888-344-1170 is our live call-in number. The question of the night is, should government start banning this type of extreme exploration that took place with this Titanic submersive? Uh, sad story. We will get you guys some more details on, on what happened, some more behind-the-scenes stuff going on. Uh, but we had a, a caller, someone who called in our 24-hour hotline, gave an interesting perspective. So write that number down. We'll, we'll open the phones back up here in a little bit. 888-344-1170. That's the question of the day. Um, but my message to y'all today is about getting active, right? We, we had John Guandolo from Understanding the Threat come on recently and talk about China and the FBI and the DOJ and everything going on with our, with our, our country. And the message from John Guandolo is you've got to get active at the local level. And I said, well, you're, you're preaching to the choir, man, because that's what the second hour is all about. The top of it. It's, we cannot expect somebody to ride in on a white horse and save this nation we have to be willing to do it ourselves and that means you got to get active whether you're running for office or whether you want to support somebody running for office and i've got joining me now it's an honor to have her with me it's an and i'm and hopefully she agrees that she's not just the chairwoman of the republican party but she's also my friend paula witzel is joining us now to tell you guys everything you need to know about the conservative candidate development school coming up real soon. Hey, Paula Witzel. Well, thank you for having me. But yes, we are good friends as, as, <laughs> as well as <laughs> the other job, the other hat. Uh, well, well, yes, thank we you for the California Conservative Candidates Development School coming up. So that's real important to help people get involved. So thank you for promoting this. Yes, um, it's super important. Yeah, I had to make the I was kind of only partly joking about can I claim that she's my friend? Because I know that that, you know, as the chairwoman of the Republican Party, she might have heard me at times. Crit- I'm an equal opportunity criticizer. I've been critical of the Mitch McConnell's. Right. But let me tell you, at the local level in San Diego County, we have the best grassroots people. If you've not gotten involved at the local level, you are missing out on getting involved with some of the best people in the world. We have such a great base of Republicans here in San Diego County, led by Paula Witzel. There's never been a more important time for you to get active. And I really want you to think about running for office. Tell everybody what this California Conservative Candidate Development School, it's on July 8th. It's from nine to five. It's only one day. So it's not like you got to commit yourself to two weeks. Tell everybody, Paula, what they're going to learn. 
Well, it, first of all, it, it, we are really looking to give local candidates the tools so that when they jump into a campaign, I, I mean, most of us are not politicians, they know what that's going to entail. What are the tools they need to have? What are the, the what's the structure they need to put together? And it, it helps them with messaging. It helps them avoid missteps. Uh, it it uh, gives them uh, steps that they can take to run against an incumbent, for example. So some of these school boards, we need to take out mm. some of the people who have these crazy ideas. And so we get parents stepping up that want to actually do something. We need to be able to train them. Uh, give them everything they need to be able to run a successful campaign because, you know, most of us have never done that before. So Mm-mm. we need to uh, give them those tools, explain how a campaign works, uh, help them uh, learn fundraising tools because, you know, the other side always has plenty of money from the yep. union. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's not something you're born with. So we need to uh, make sure we give them the training that they need to be able to pull off a successful campaign. And, um, you know, it's it's one of, it's really important. And the Leadership Institute has stepped up and they've uh, decided that they're going to take on California. So they're going to be planning 40 different trainings in the state of California for this next election cycle. And a good chunk of those trainings will be held here in San Diego or this or this area. So um, the, the next one coming up is, as you said, it's the California Conservative Candidate Development School. And um, they will get a lot of uh, grassroots basic. Uh, how to and how to run a campaign. This is so, so important. I was I was shocked. I think it was last August when you sent me the list and there was 240 seats in San Diego County where Democrats were running unopposed. And they That's were right. school board, city council. We're not talking about little unimportant. There is no unimportant, uh, you know, office, by the way. So run for, for you know, wh- whatever you can, whatever suits you. But, uh, you know, these are really, re- it's like John Guandola was talking about last hour. These school boards, these city council races, this is where, where it, and, and if people don't remember, think COVID, right? Think about how county supervisors, think about how the impact on you was far greater by what's been going on in your local community than it was even from, you know, something happening in D.C. And this is how we take our power back. So many times people want to run for office, Paula, and they think, oh, you know, they want to run, you know, um, to replace Dianne Feinstein coming up in 2024. And instead of going to a local race first, learn and first of all, going to a candidate event like this where they can learn how to even run a campaign in the first place, then go to something like the school board of city council learn how it works get active help take our take our 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 town back and our in our local area back then look towards congress right yeah and i cannot tell you how many times i get calls from people saying oh i want to run for congress and uh how much money do you have in the bank oh probably about (laughs) a hundred bucks uh you know so this is really a more sane practical pragmatic approaches you need to start running for the smaller offices get your feet wet, understand how to run a campaign. And you also then start building your constituents and your supporters and the people who believe in you and will support you financially when you decide to run for something bigger. But there's uh, probably a total of 400 plus offices every go around here in San Diego County. So there's lots of things that you can run for depending on what your interests are. And um, as you said, uh, you know, we saw during the pandemic parks and recreation, they closed the park. So even a little, a uh, small office like that mm-hmm. had a big impact on the community. So 
every office uh, has meaning and every office has uh, am, an impact on their local community. So they're all important. And think about how good it feels when you're taking action instead of feeling like the email that I got from a listener was saying, you know, we just, we don't know what to do. You know, we feel hamstrung. Well, well, here's what you can do. Run for office. Think about the satisfaction that you get when you take on a task, when you decide you're going to get up and go and do something and try to make a difference. And, and, and it's also important to understand somebody might also be thinking, well, this person's held this school board seat or this city council seat for, for a long time or whatever whatever. And, um, you know, um, it jump in the race. It, it, you know, a lot of times people get discouraged too, because, you know, they, they think, well, what if I don't win the first time? Or they see Amy Reichert run for against Nathan Fletcher and lost. Well, you know what? She's running again. She didn't let that deter her. You, you, you've got to just get active, right? Yes. And these candidate schools are good, not only for the people who are considering running for office, but also for anyone who wants to help someone else run for office, because they also need staff and other people around them Mm, that are going to provide them services, you know, like a scheduler, like uh, there's different things that a campaign needs. And if you want to volunteer to help someone get across the finish line, this is a great class to take as well. So then you know uh, uh, what jobs are available for a candidate, and a lot of these jobs are volunteer jobs in order to get these smaller offices, uh, people elected to these smaller offices across the finish line. And one of the things I want to point out that you mentioned at one of the, the local meetings that I was at is that, uh, and what I was uh, I was alluding to before and I didn't quite get there, is that sometimes people will think there's a big name or somebody's been entrenched in an area for a long time, so let's just let them run unopposed because we don't have a shot at it. But it's really important to oppose every candidate who's running, right, who's a Democrat, because it forces them to defend that seat and spend that money, doesn't it? Yes, and that's why we always try to run someone in every seat, no matter what, because that will force the Democrats to spend money on the other side. And if, you know, if, if somebody runs unopposed, then the Democrats can take that money and apply it to another race where we might be close. So it is important to have uh, someone run for every race, uh, even if they're an incumbent and they feel like it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult uphill ride. Uh, it is important to challenge them at every at every turn. They can't just walk into these offices because then they also feel empowered to do whatever the heck they want. Yes. And we've seen some of the crazy policies that these guys come up with that, uh, you know, there's never enough taxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's Rising. time... Right. It's time for for Republicans in San Diego to stop be stop be thinking about whether or not they you know, when am I going to rent that U-Haul? I just I'm so bummed about what's happening here in California. Well, you know, when we're when we're just letting Democrats run unopposed, who do we have to blame here? We've got to get active. You've got to run for office. It just takes you don't even have to make a decision today. Just the event is at the Doubletree down in Hotel Circle. It's Saturday, July 8th from nine to five. It's very cost affordable. If you if you sign up and reserve your seat before July 5th, it's only $50. I mean, $50 to be taught how to run a campaign or work on a campaign. It's so, so critical that you guys get active. Tell everybody where they can get more information, Miss Paula. Yeah, they can either sign up or get more information uh, online at leadershipinstitute.org forward slash training. That's leadershipinstitute.org forward slash training. And there they can get more details. They can also see what the Leadership Institute uh, is doing here in California. They've uh, gotten some 
donors to step up and uh, engage in California. So they're going to be providing a lot of uh, support here in California for candidates and for uh, people who want to get involved. So this is the time to do it. Absolutely. Right after July 4th, when you're feeling all patriotic and your your love for country is just, you know, is reminded and, and imprinted in you, it's the perfect time to go July 8th and uh, take the take the class and go be a candidate. Paula Witzel, thank you for all you do for us here in San Diego. Oh, you're very welcome. Talk at you later. All right, stay tuned because we are going to keep the conversation rolling. We got lots to get to. Did y'all know that there's going to be a supposed cage fight between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg? Who's got money on Zuck? (laughs) Stay tuned. We're going to talk about that and some more information about the Titanic submersive. Stay tuned. AK, dynamite in a dress. Or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. I believe, especially if you have a woke business, you're going to get away with um, these crimes. And uh, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, I think you should do your due diligence if you're going to try something like this and make sure they're not a woke business. It's more than likely they'll probably get away with uh, their negligence. Right, thank you. Bye. Thank you, caller. That's our 24-hour caller line, 844-814-5227. The question of the day is whether or not you think government should ban this type of extremism. You think that or exploration. I mean, exploration is how, you know... I mean, where where would America be? I mean, there was a time when everybody thought the earth was flat, right? And but for explorers, you know, where 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 would our world be? Um we wouldn't have we wouldn't have flight, right? We wouldn't have there I the list is just too long to even go through. Um but I do think that this is this is an instance in which um it's exploration tourism. And I think that um I saw an interesting interview with James Cameron today. And what I didn't know about James Cameron, the director of the Titanic, was how that he had done done 31 dives in submersibles down to the Titanic wreckage. Did you know that, Skins? 31 dives. I didn't know he had done that many. I know I knew that he had done it. 31 times down to 12,500 feet or 13,500 feet. That's a lot of trips. And I learned a lot today um, in terms of uh, technology and watching some interviews with him today. Um, You know, I I didn't know, for example, that he actually got involved in engineering and building submersibles, submersibles, one of which took three years just in the um, design part on computer before it ever got to, you know, manufacturing the hull. And one of the things he talked about was in the history of submersibles he talked about the history of it and um about how it, and i'm not going to be able to articulate this but the material that was used for the shell had been discarded that the michelle that this ocean gate company used had been discarded years ago as something that could could uh, safely successfully fight off the pressure uh, at at this kind of a depth, which is why when he did 31 trips down to the Titanic, which is why when he built and was involved in the building of a submersible that went down to the Marianas Trench, which is three t- three or four times deeper than the Titanic, they did not use this particular material. 
He said that uh, this is a situation to where this man had been warned. Uh, the owner had been warned. I've seen some conservatives today saying that he should not be blamed for anything, that this is just like an accident. And, you know, people take risks and, you know, like going up in an airplane. I think that this was more than a calculated risk. I think this was reckless. There was a video that came out with him saying that he realized that he was going against uh, conventional wisdom and using this material on a, on a hub. But, hey, he's, you know, he's, a uh, you know, um, likes to, you know, go outside the lines kind of thing. And, it, you know, I, I think that there, if, and what's troubling to me is that for, that James Cameron was talking about uh, how one of the people that died on this sub today is somebody that he's known for many years. And that person should have known better because that person, the French guy was involved with making submersibles that James Cameron was involved in. And, and so he was kind of shocked that this guy went down there because he said that, the Titanic had a captain that ignored warnings, went full speed ahead in a field of icebergs on a moonless night, and that this captain of this submersible ignored warnings and went full steam ahead in a craft down deep when he shouldn't have been. And what I'm confused about is if all with these videos of him and all this research is coming up and and warnings and issues previously why nobody who paid $250,000 to get on this thing knew about it did they not do their due diligence or did they just trust him so we have to do our own due diligence as life in life and do our own research i don't think government should ban it but i do but i also don't know and i don't think in this instance anybody's life would have been at risk i think this french thing uh, that one of the questions we had last night, Skins, was how are they going to get them up once they find them? Well, evidently, this French thing that can go down that depth, had they been able to go down there, would has a way would have had a way to try to retrieve it. Kind of like if you you know get stuck in the mud and you call a tow truck that has a winch and can come pull you out, kind of thing. Many people today, some other things I learned today. Many people today are saying, well, at least they didn't suffer because this implosion. Uh, w- they would have died instantly. Um, I've seen on other reports, and and I would I hope and pray that that's true. I have seen on other reports today, though, that unfortunately, um, which kind of goes in line with what James Cameron said, that from a, from an emergency protocol standpoint, when you go down that deep into one of these things, these holes that can't resist the pressure and will crack, at that point you're going to get a warning that it's cracking, but you don't have any means to do anything about it. And I'm and I'm afraid, based upon something that I heard today, that that might be what have ha- what happened, because evidently this um, sub dropped some weights, kind of not weights, but that's the analogy that I use because I used to scuba dive, and you're weighted so that you can you can descend depending on how buoyant you are as a person and how much you weigh. And and supposedly, I heard today that they dropped whatever was going to, the weight mechanism that helps them descend, and they were trying to get back up to the surface. And so I hope that if that is true, that they didn't suffer very long. One of the other things James Cameron pointed out from a protocol standpoint is that when he did 31 trips, he did it with the Russians, and he said they always had a second sub down there. They did not go it alone. That you cannot be in a situation where you're doing something like that, going down 13,000 feet, and you don't have anybody that you can communicate with and nobody readily available to help in the rescue. 
So all that being said, I think this is terribly tragic and hopefully they didn't suffer. I'm hoping that it was quick, that even if they did drop, you know, even if that's true, that the implosion happened shortly after. Dan Crenshaw is trending on Twitter tonight. I don't know if you remember who he is. He's former military. Uh, He's not a favorite of conservatives. He wears the eye patch. He tweeted out today. A few days ago, he was tweeting. Remember how I was saying, Skins, how is it we got to rely on the Canadians or the French to go and try to rescue our people? Does the U.S. military and Coast Guard, do they not have something that can go and retrieve something at this depth? Well, Dan Crenshaw tweeted that out a few days ago saying that there is something. I can't remember the name of it, but there is um submersive that the u.s navy has that they could have deployed that they didn't because the u.s navy heard the implosion and knew that this thing imploded days ago and didn't tell anybody some people are now saying tonight that shame on biden and the u.s navy that if there was an implosion heard uh and that's why they didn't deploy whatever they could have to um save these people that they didn't tell anybody and they've allowed for days to go by and they've allowed for other countries to deploy assets and the Coast Guard is out there deploying assets that cost a lot of money when the Navy knew about it. I don't know what the Navy knew and what they didn't. Dan Crenshaw is being accused of, you know, being a conspiracy theorist. Um, I think it's somebody supposedly heard an implosion. I think the owners of Ocean Gate said that they heard an implosion Um, But then when they heard that the Canadians had said that they had heard banging, that they thought that maybe there was still hope. So that makes me think there's a possibility the Navy, who has vessels all along our eastern, you know, sonar and capability in that area, heard it. And I think it's entirely possible they heard it and, and didn't say anything or get involved. But the U.S. Coast Guard was involved. So there's a lot of there remains to be some unanswered questions. But in the end, I think if you're going to, as a private citizen, if you're going to take that risk, I think you have the right to do it. And I don't think government should ban it. I think, and I, and I always think that banning is a very slippery slope. Okay, you can ban this. So what? You know, what are you going to ban next? Yeah, you're going to ban paragliding off of. Uh, is that what it? Is, what they do off Tory Pines? Is that paragliding? You're going to ban that. You're going to ban scuba diving. How many people do we ha- we we lose, particularly in the kelp beds? Um, off of uh, San Diego. We lost a, a, a um, professional scuba diver a few years ago off of Point Loma. He uh, had gotten into a wreck that had been boarded up and, and it had been boarded up because it was dangerous. Um, it, they had started removing the boards because they were gonna they were gonna pull it up, I think, and remove it. It had been scuttled and he died in there. You're going to ban diving? I mean, he was a master diver. I don't know how many hundreds of hours. that He was a dive instructor, a master diver. He went down in this wreck and he died. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, would we be able to ride ro- roller coasters? Some people, there's some people that will never get on a coaster. So I, I think it's a slippery slope. I do think that we have to think, though, about who's going to pay the bill when it comes to rescue. I think that's a very reasonable thing to talk about. All right. We are going to talk about the cage match. Who's interested in seeing 
Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk in the octagon. Is there is something called the octagon thing in Vegas? Is that like? Oh, I don't know where it's going to be. I just heard they're they're going to have a cage match. It's supposed to be this thing called the octagon in Las Vegas. You follow wrestling, so well, I didn't know maybe uh, if you knew what this that's octagon like thing mi- was. Mixed martial arts. Okay, so it's good. They want it to be. They've agreed it's going to be at the octagon at the UFC fighting center in Vegas. We're gonna y'all want to see Elon Musk and Zuckerberg fight it out in a cage match? We're going to talk about it. When we come back. 888-344-1170. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Wow. Apparently it's confirmed. The Biden administration knew on Sunday that this thing imploded. On Sunday, and they withheld it. There were news outlets that had uh, the, uh, the, the countdown, the air countdown. Then we had to hear about banging. We had to hear about searches. It's all CNN has had on. Why do they suddenly decide now? This has been all to, to release this. This has all been a distraction all week. To distract from the John Durham testimony, to distract from the whistleblower testimony today about Hunter Biden. The depth of the collusion between the deep state, the police state, the commies in our U.S. government and their mouthpieces in the media is absolutely disgusting and knows no bounds. This is beyond cruel. Imagine being the family members and being told that there was hope and it was a race against time. Now there's 40 hours left. Now there's 36 hours left. Now there's 20 hours left of air when they knew that they were dead the entire time. How evil is that? Does it get any more evil than that, Skins? It doesn't surprise me, though. I'm not surprised either. I'm outraged by it. And yet we have people that would literally still vote for Joe Biden. Just like people that voted for John Fetterman because Democrats don't care. All they care about is power. We are overrun with communists and useful idiots to the commies. How you could defend this Biden administration. What I saw last hour was was the mocking of Dan Crenshaw that he would dare to suggest that the U.S. military and the Biden administration knew and dragged the American public and the world, by the way, when they knew. Unbelievable how far this country has fallen. At the top of this hour, we had Paula Witzel on to talk about the candidate course that's taking place on July 8th in Mission Valley. If you're in San Diego, you need to come and take this course. I beg of you to get active. We got to take our country back and it's not going to, we're not going to be able to take our country back with all, when all we do is go and vote. And most, most conservatives don't even do that. Unbelievable. Let's have some laughs, shall we? Oh, somebody put here on on Twitter. Monday, Titan is is missing. Tuesday, banging is heard. Wednesday, running out of air. Thursday, wreckage found. Uh, This person said, in wokeness, they knew the outcome four days ago, yet they kept the drama going the entire time. All to distract from everything, all the revelations this week. Absolutely despicable. If you don't know how wretchedly evil Joe Biden 
and his minions are. And if you're okay with this, something's wrong with you. Absolutely disgusting. How do I, I guess, I guess, how do we talk, how do I, how do I have laughs now at Elon Musk's and Mark Zuckerberg's expense? Um, who, who, look, I, I might be willing to tune into that cage fight, but I got to have some assurances up front that, um, because this might be like uh, that movie Revenge of the Nerds. Did you ever see the movie Revenge? It's so hilarious. Isn't that, isn't that a funny movie? That's it, I mean, it, it, it was funny. It, it wasn't, I think, one of the funnier movies. But it's no, I mean, it wasn't. It, you know, it it, it wasn't um, my movie with. Um, oh, it wasn't old school. You know, oh, yeah, it does, it does not approach the danger field level. No, or um, what's the one with Owen? Not Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson, and um, you know the guy who does ta- uh, Will Ferrell, Frank the Tank. What was it? What was that movie? Oh my gosh, it's hilarious, um, but still really funny, really funny. Um, but you know, I, but I want some assurances. These guys are not going to be wearing any kind of tight. Like I don't want to see them in wrestling outfits. Okay, I don't think I could handle seeing Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk in any tight like wrestling gear. Well, a lot of okay. the US, a lot of the, the the people that are in like the mixed martial arts, they 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 do. A, a, there's a lot of baggy shorts that are worn. Okay. Well, I want I want them to wear a shirt. At the same time, can't guarantee that. Andrew. <laughs> Nobody wants to see Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg shirtless. Okay, here's how it all went down. Here's how it started. Um, uh, uh, somehow somebody brought up them fighting. Uh, somehow, and um, I can't. Nobody's showing here exactly how this thing started. How how a dust up started between them on Twitter, and somebody and and Musk said voiced his willingness to to get in to fight Zuckerberg in a Twitter thread, and um, oh I know what it was after somebody a user mentioned Zuckerberg's got a new hobby jujitsu, so then Musk Elon Musk mocked him and said oh I'd be willing to fight that guy, well um, then. Um, Zuckerberg responded, somebody said, better be careful. I heard he's does the jujitsu now. And Elon Musk said, I'm up for a cage match if he is, LOL. So then Zuckerberg responded, um, send me location. So it started as a joke. We'll see if it happens. It's supposed to take place at the ring, the... Um, ultimate fighting ring, the Octagon or whatever it is, the Octagon, UFC Octagon in Las Vegas. Uh, now it's trending, um, uh, hashtag Vegas Octagon. The funny thing is, <laughs> this is what cracked me up. Musk tweeted, I have this great move that I call the walrus, where I lie on top of my opponent and I do nothing. <laughs> I have to admit that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. It could be worth a laugh if they raise money and donate it to charity or something or just, you know, the winner, not raise money. They've both got enough. Maybe the winner, you know, they, they get into the fight and they, they get a bet that the winner has to donate, you know, $10 million to a charity or something. I think the fight would get a lot of eyeballs. I think it would be. I could be hilarious. Don't we need like some, don't we need some good laughs right now? We certainly do. You know what's a good laugh? You know who's been the receiving end of a lot of mocking? Greta Thunberg. Oh, I thought you were going to say Kamala Harris. Yeah. Oh, her too. We've got a clip to play on her. Evidently, 
Greta Thunberg, remember her? How dare you? And she was brought before the UN, and it was all about her climate change business. And she said she was going to uh, take a boat. She wasn't going to fly back uh, to Norwegian or Nor- not Norwegian, Norway or wherever she's from. She said she was going to take a boat. And somebody was like, um, is that going to be a sailboat? Miss thing because otherwise, if it's a, if it's a boat, boat is going to use some of them evil fossil fuels to get back there. Greta apparently is not too bright, but she was the poster child. I mean, the the UN couldn't get enough of her, right? The United States, the Democrats couldn't get enough of her. Well, apparently, five years ago, she tweeted out that if we don't get rid of fossil fuels, uh, the world would be toast. We'd all be gone. Well, she deleted the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> and she got busted for deleting the tweet a few days ago. So um, has there ever been a prediction that's been accurate from these climate hoaxers? No, not once. She should be forever run out on a rail. Nobody should. And somebody's put out an article today. I printed it out and then I, I forgot to read it, which was why did anybody pay attention to her in the first place? For the same reason why the Democrats put a bunch of uh, of school kids from Parkland and put them on buses and sent them up to D.C. because the Democrats love to use children to push their agenda. We're still hearing about, oh, children, oh, you know, was it, there was some celebrity recently, I think it was um, Kevin Bacon's wife who, um, said, you know, you know, children, I'm, I'm so tired of hearing the cries of children because they can't sleep at night. They're worried about climate change. <laughs> What? I got I got a seven year old niece and a nine year old niece, and they they don't know nothing about any climate change because they don't have they don't have that kind of panic indoctrinated into their little brains. Nobody should have ever paid attention to Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, or however you say her name. She was she was uh you know had been indoctrinated by some evil, mean, cruel parents who instilled that fear into her. I don't blame her. I blame her parents and I blame the other adults that used her and exploited her. But she's kind of been forgotten about because today's children to be exploited are the children being recruited into Jans and uh, trans and being uh, um, generally mutilated. So, Greta, you got off easy in the exploitation. You you got you got huckstered in on the climate change. Uh, nobody huckstered you in to uh, chemically mutilate, uh, chemically castrate yourself and mutilate yourself. So. At least you got that going for you. All right, stay tuned. We got more Andrea K. Show coming up, so don't you go anywhere. We got a Kamala Harris sighting. Can't wait to share that one with you. Andrea K., the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. I'm still floored over the fact that the Biden administration literally pretended that there was a chance that people could be rescued and dragged it out for days. That's that's control the message and you control minds. And that's what's going on here. Um, just ugh, completely disturbing. Um but you know what? I, I, maybe Kamala Harris can make me feel better about it, Skins. Maybe she can. Maybe she can tell me a bedtime story. Here's Kamala today telling the story of the two frogs and two pots. Um, I think of those two frogs. You know, the two frogs and the two pots. No. So <laughs> for your listeners, here it goes. So 
there's two pots of water and two frogs. And in one pot, you put the frog in the water and you slowly turn up the heat. And that frog's just hanging out as the heat just slowly gets hotter to the Mm. point that that water starts to boil and that frog perishes. In the other pot of water, you first turn (laughs) up the heat real high. The water's boiling. You drop that frog in. He'll jump right out. (laughs) The lesson there, as far as I'm concerned, don't be that first frog. (laughs) Say what? First of all, that's not the the saying has to do with a frog in a pot of water that, you know, gets boiled. Right. There's not two frogs and two pots of water because you know what? You drop a frog into a pot of boiling water. Frog ain't jumping out. Frog dead. (laughs) <laughs> have you ever dropped a lobster, a live lobster in a pot of boiling water and had it hop right back out? This was bone deep <laughs> down to the marrow. Stupid. <sighs> I have never personally dropped a live being into a pot of boiling water. Um, I enjoyed the, the fruits of that uh, that labor, but my dad used to used to boil crabs all the time. That was uh, he yeah. Was, as far as I'm concerned, the, the, there was one pot, there was one frog. There's one. The story has to do with one pot and one frog, and there's no frog that jumps out of a boiling pot of water. Okay, my daddy used to drive around. Well, many people did um, in Louisiana with a, with a laundry basket in their trunk. That way, if you're driving down the road, you see a bunch of crawfish on the side of the road, you pull over. Because sometimes they'll come up out of the mud bugs. They'll come up uh, out of the bayou onto the side of the road. And you go out, you scoop a bunch, keep gloves in your car. You scoop up a bunch and then you, you know, have some dinner, right? <laughs> That's how we roll in Louisiana. Um, and they're alive. You have, to, you have to boil them when they're alive. They don't jump out. They don't, like, you know, climb out the side of the pot. That's almost as dumb as this. This is Joe Biden once again reviving the plan, the great climate change plan of building a, a railway to cross multiple oceans. Because it sounded great the first time. It, it, it was such a winning idea the first time. Clip seven. I think we moving ourselves into having railway to go all the way across the southern two thirds from the Atlantic Ocean to the to the Indian Ocean in Africa to be able to transport and do it cheaper and do it with less, less, how can I say it, less carbon emissions. <laughs> I wasn't aware the Indian Ocean was in Africa. Was it, is, it right, is it right smack in the middle of Africa? Is that what that ocean is? I like these trains that can cross water. I know, especially ones that have no carbon footprint. I'm loving that idea, right? I didn't know there was an, an electric train. Wow. America, we in trouble. All right, tomorrow's Friday night show. Have you heard of something called lying flatism? Lying flatism. We're going to talk about it on tomorrow's show. Sounds like tomorrow. a flat earth kind of thing. It, well, it's not. Um, uh, you're going to be, it, it, it's it's a perfect topic for Friday as we go into Friday. It's actually, it's it's a little disturbing, a little bit funny, and it's definitely um, a sad take on culture in America today. Um, we'll have to see what happens going forward with the Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's pushed to get Joe Biden impeached. Um, do we have time? Um, 
I know that Kevin McCarthy has pushed Lauren Boebert's impeachment, uh, her impeachment stuff off the off the calendar. That's not going to happen. Her impeachment resolution. So um, I, I'm not sure when that's going to when. But when Marjorie Taylor Greene's is going to go to a vote. She has also superseded the House Republican leadership um, by um, superseding it by going under a privileged resolution. So we'll see. We'll see if that actually takes place. Some people are thinking this isn't the right time. We need to have hearings first. It's uh, it's the right time. After what was revealed today, they need to impeach Biden. Um, how long is that clip on Kennedy? Or do we should we save it for tomorrow? Play it right now. Let's play it right now. This is a pistol brace. I know it's scary. <laughs> this is a pistol brace. It fits on your forearm. Like this. Here it is, right here. To the pistol brace is added another piece that grips the handgun. That's what we're talking about here. A pistol brace is also known, this scary piece of equipment here, is also known as a stabilizing brace or an arm brace. It's a simple device. It's mounted to the rear of the pistol. It's designed to anchor the pistol to the shooter's arm right here. It goes on the forearm. So So the shooter can shoot the pistol with one hand. Now, why is that important? Because some Americans don't have two hands, or the use of two hands, or two arms. Pistol braces were invented to help handicapped people, particularly handicapped veterans who don't have use of both of their arms. And we wanted to play that clip because there's all this controversy. Oh, we've got to get rid of these pistol braces. We've got to get rid of these pistol braces. After listening to Kennedy, he's a nominee for Hero of the Week. You've just been educated on the truth about pistol braces and what their purpose is. It's not to make a gun even more dangerous like Joe Biden alleged the other day. All right. We will see you all tomorrow night, Friday night, fun, night, fun day, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.